0: Welcome to How We Hire, a podcast by Alva Labs with me, Toba Handel, and me, Linnea Bivall. This show is for all of you who hire or just find recruitment interesting. Every episode, we will speak to thought leaders from across the globe to learn from their experiences and best practice within hiring, building teams, and growing organizations. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of How We Hire with me, Tove, and me, Linnea. Yay! Going forward, we'll interview lots of exciting guests from various type of companies and find out how they hire. But in this very first episode, I think it's really time for us to dig a little bit deeper into who you are, Linnea, and how you hire. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Why are you so passionate about this? <laughs> I will have to do for this first one.
1: No. Yes. So, um <laughs> my name is Linnea. I am the head of people here at Alva. I have a background as I'm a licensed psychologist. I started working as a psychologist a couple of years ago, but never really worked as a traditional psychologist. Well, secret—I'm terrible at listening. I'm a lot better at talking, so it was a lot easier to uh, take the organizational psychology route rather than the traditional, like clinical one. So since start, I've actually worked in some way or form with either recruitment or like leadership development. So. Super passionate about both those things, like understanding and predicting who's a good hire, but also how to grow that person, I guess. And since three years now, three years back, I have been at Alva Labs. Just started my fourth
0: year here and love it. Yes, that's crazy. I'm on the same journey in terms of how many years I've been here, which is exciting. We're following each other along, which is nice. Linnea, what do you do at Alva? And why do you find it so fun to wake up and go to work each morning? What don't I do?
1: Uh, <laughs> I, have, like, I have a really broad role here. Like When I started, I was number 14. And today we are like a bit over 80 people. But my role is obviously everything HR related. So attracting great people, hiring great people, onboarding great people, growing those individuals, uh, making sure that we can retain our great employees, but also supporting managers in like leadership development uh, setting targets and helping them you know grow their teams so i do a little bit of everything which is why as you say i love waking up and going to work cuz it's a very broad broad spectrum where i get to use my i guess psychology background a lot but also where i get to have my fingers
0: in a lot of cookie jars uh, which is super exciting so a lot of variety Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, coming in so early at a company, growing that much over the past few years, do you think that you've had a lot of use of your psychology degree? I mean, as you said, you might have some use of it, but how much of that do you think have benefited you in your role? I mean, as a psychologist, the most important perspective is to some extent, like the
1: individual. There's a lot of other like professions that focus more on the like system and stuff like that, the the bigger organization. But I think it's going back to like, how can I understand and assess this individual and how can I make the most for like this person? How can I help them unleash their potential Mm -hmm. has been really helpful and i guess if you know a psychologist and you know how annoying it is when you ask them questions uh, because it's always like well it depends uh, is the traditional psychologist's answer but i think that has actually helped in understanding that it's never black and white it's always a bunch of different a bunch of different scenarios a bunch of different factors that impact why people do the you know do what they do and how they behave and why things work the way they do and i think that has Helped me keep my sanity, maybe, in everything like how quickly things change, and just have some sort of understanding of of people's reactions to those,
0: the fast-paced growth. I mean, in terms of coming in early, you were a big part of setting the recruitment process. But how have that changed? I think this was the unique situation of being
1: nerdy about recruitment in a company that actually works with recruitment. So Mm -hmm. the major building blocks were there, but of course things have changed a lot. And I think if I'm going to (laughs) share my darkest secret, I have more of them, but one dark (laughs) secret that I have is that how actually afraid I was to take on this role because I don't have like technically an HR background. I know bits and pieces of it, but not everything far from it, but it was scary going in like, okay, the area that I know the most is actually recruitment. And everyone else is also really, really have a lot of knowledge and understanding for it. So I was worried, like, what can I actually contribute with? But from when I started, we had some stuff in place. Like we had some tech in place. Like we had an applicant tracking system. We obviously had our own assessment tool. We had Mm -hmm. decent like interviews using like structured interviews. We already used some shape or form of a like work sample test but it was obviously when we were not very well known we didn't have like a strong employer brand for any or anything like that and we didn't hire at scale I mean early on it's very common that you hire from you know your network and I think that was to some extent what happened but also There was a lot of like the major building blocks already in place that has now been fine-tuned and, of course, shaped in a way that we can now do it in a more scalable way so it doesn't live in someone's head. So I think we have done minor adjustments along the way, which has now landed in a decent looking process that I'm actually pretty proud of.
0: And is there anything, I mean, obviously with the bigger building blocks being in place, and it sounds like there was a really good process in place and it comes naturally with a company that focuses on recruitment, I guess. But was there anything looking back that you would have done differently in terms of implementing the updates that you did do? I think the,
1: now looking back, the biggest change I would have made was to way, way earlier put down on paper or digital paper at least a like talent strategy Mm. meaning like knowing okay what type of company do we want to build what type of people do we want to hire what do we want to optimize for because I think there have been a lot of discussions along the way like is this the right type of demands for this role is this the right type of candidate are we expecting the right things that could have been so much smoother if we had spelled out what we prioritized. Because I mean, it's always going to be, you can't have everything. You're going to have to choose what's like most important early on in a startup journey. Like the generalist will be way more important because you need people that can grow with the organization that are super high potentials, but that can do like a wide variety of tasks. And then Where we are now, we need more like specialists that are more like experts in their field and so forth. But I think just having that outspoken would have been a lot easier. So that is probably the thing that I would
0: change most quickly or rapidly if I would have done this journey again. And is that something like having a talent strategy? Is that something that you see a lot of companies having? Or is that something that in general might be lacking in different organizations?
1: I honestly don't know. I think some do. I think most organizations probably have a vague sense of it. And I think it's probably something that if you have like a larger recruitment team, you probably have more of that because you need to, as soon as you are more people that need to do the same stuff in a somewhat similar way, you need some sort of guiding guiding principles. And I think this is one way, but I think this is rarely spoken of, to be honest, or maybe I just haven't heard it that much, but I think more companies would benefit from just understanding what is it that we prioritize. Like take um, as an example, we obviously value like diversity, which a lot of companies do. The way that we have tried to actually live by that is that we... Have English as our internal language, meaning we can hire anyone from anywhere that speaks English. We don't have like a language limitation, which, based on my experience, a lot of companies don't dare to go there. Like they mm-hmm. prefer to stick to their native tongue because they get slightly uncomfortable in the lunch room if you have to switch. So that's one thing. Also, the fact that we do like we work hybrid, so you can work remotely if you want to. Meaning, again, we can hire from all over the world. That is. It sounds easy in theory, but that comes with a lot of challenges, legal challenges, but also like, how do you create asynchronous work in a way that actually is helpful? How do you create engagement and culture and stuff like that? So I think, yeah, you have to, like if you want diversity, you probably have to decide on some things that will increase that which means that you will have other stuff that will be harder like you can't have a diverse team if you demand a specific language a specific town that you have to live in etc etc so just having that spelled out also means that okay then we know that if we hire we could hire talent globally either hire them remotely or actually bring them here if they are and relocate people and we can invest time and effort in that just having that as an actual strategy has been helpful now that we have
0: it. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like something a lot of other companies, I'm thinking that companies might get too focused on one individual role at a time rather than seeing yes. the big picture in terms of the talent that they might need, the talent that they might be in need of in six months, et cetera. Is that something that you also see like... Rings through, or is that mm. uh, way off? What would you say?
1: No, I think that's a really good point. I mean, given it is so much easier to focus on like the short term perspective. Mm. I need a developer tomorrow that knows how to write in, you know, write code in this specific language. That means I'm not interested in hiring someone that needs to relearn, even if that might not take that long. Mm. But it's so much more important for me to solve my immediate problem. So I think it's hard to live by a strategy, A, if you don't have one, but mm. B, also because like the immediate needs of each individual like um, hiring manager will, to some extent, impact what they want to focus on. And also, I mean, the other way around, sometimes you find one candidate that you really, really love that maybe actually doesn't really fit the role, but you like that person so much, you might like start bending the rules a little bit and, oh, well, maybe we do need this, but not that, that we decided upon. So I think... Yeah, I think it's a big issue that we forget the long-term perspective. The average time someone stays with a company-ish is three years. That's probably going to decrease now. But that means that, I mean, three years is to some extent like a long time. It takes, what, six to nine months to onboard, depending on the role. And then you have a lot of time left. So Mm -hmm. it's really important that you strategically think through who you want to bring on board, because it will definitely have a huge impact on the performance for that role, for that
0: team and the overall company. And the strategic part of recruitment is obviously something that you're very passionate about as well.
1: It has turned out to be somewhat of a hobby. Yes. Hobby (laughs) I tend to work
0: with. So yeah. We talked a little bit about how the process has changed over time, but in this new reality that we're facing right now in terms of scarcity of candidates, the great resignation, has that also changed the way you think about recruitment in your daily work?
1: Yes and no. To be honest, we have not necessarily been that affected by the talent shortage. We have had, up till now, the luxury of having actually quite a lot of applications for a lot of roles. I mean, we obviously compete for the same engineers and the same designers and great salespeople as everyone else. But thankfully, I don't really know how we did it, but uh, thankfully we have had a lot of applicants. I think it's, we are noticing that we have to be quicker. There's no time to, because the candidates are always in other processes. So you need to be a lot faster and we need to be really like, trying to create a high level of engagement in the process and i think the way that we have tried to do so is by really like reducing some of the elements in their hiring process i mean we have screening questions and psychometric assessments as the first step then we have a like interview with a recruiter or me as the first to some extent like live interaction with the candidate and then we move forward to a second interview with a hiring manager, and then we do a case. That's roughly speaking our process. It you know varies a little bit from role to role, but that is pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So we have tried to limit any unnecessary extra like interviews. We rarely do reference checks uh, just to try to squeeze the time as much as possible to not waste any of the candidates' time. So that is one thing that I think is super important. And then, as I said, like the engagement. And I think the one thing that we have had the best reactions to is that we have a step that's voluntary. Once you've conducted the assessments, you've met with me or one of of the recruiters in our team. And when you're waiting for the next step, the um, hiring manager interview, you get a link so you can book a 15 minute slot with one of the people in the team that you are hiring into so that you can actually... If you want, again, uh, schedule a session, discuss with the person that might be your future coworker to see like how are things actually at this place? Because sometimes speaking to the manager can you know give you one view, but it's really helpful. I know that from like speaking for myself and in my experience, when I have been in processes before I joined Alva, you really want to understand like what it's like. And that has been really
0: appreciated. So that can, yeah, if people like it, they can steal with pride. Absolutely. I think that's one thing that we hear a lot from candidates, right? In terms of uh, them appreciating that part of the process. Mm. In terms of recruitment in general, I mean, there's a lot of changes happening. Are there any specific trends that you're super excited about? I think two different things. The first one is probably how
1: the power dynamics is to some extent shifting. So like, Not that long ago, it was more the employer's market. They could pretty much name the terms and the candidates were supposed to just be thankful that they were even allowed to send in an application. That might've been the glory days for the recruiter, but I don't think that actually creates good outcomes for anyone. So I think that the fact that the focus now on like the candidate experience and that you need to actually adapt and do things on the candidate terms, I think that is a trend that is creating a way, way better recruitment process. So even if it's challenging for a lot of companies out there to find talent, I think it's also making us better as recruiters. We need to spend more time with sourcing improving our ways of doing that we need to be way more mindful of like intent in every activity we can't waste time in any way for the candidates so we need to be way more mindful of how we design our process we need to do it with like way more respect for the candidates i think that's a a trend i really like mm-hmm. and i think that we should not ever lose track of the other one i guess is i mean the process of digitalizing hr has been ongoing for quite some time and i think like the next step is to some extent like ai in everything which is super trendy but i think it's exciting uh, like what can happen when we allow more artificial intelligence more data-driven processes more like less human interaction actually be a part of the recruitment process Mm -hmm. so like what we know is a current challenge is that the more like traditional way of hiring with us screening CDs, us like sitting in a, a, an interview where we use our gut feeling to decide who moves forward or not, that creates quite dramatically scary results in uh, certain like groups in the society being way like further away from the job markets and having a lot harder to break into the job markets. Mm. where we also know like if we can take a little bit of the human interaction away from the game Mm. uh, that will actually level the playing field for the candidates and create a more fair more fair and efficient process so I think like what can digitalizing the process actually do um, is I think it's super um, exciting to see Mm. uh,
0: what will happen there do you think that there will always be a role for the human like recruiter in the process? Mm-hmm. Or do you think AI will at some point take over and it won't be necessary anymore to be involved in the process?
1: Yeah, I think that's really interesting. So if you like from a strictly evidence-based perspective, it would probably be a more accurate decision. If like the less human interaction we had, it would probably be more accurate, but I can guarantee that we will lose candidates. Mm. So I can't remember it was one like larger company that tried out a like fully digital process from start to finish. And they saw a massive drop from candidates. So no, I don't think that we will ever completely eliminate the recruiter. I think the recruiter role will probably change and being more of a more of a salesperson to some extent, really converting candidates into the process, uh, helping converting signed candidates into happy employees. But uh, I think we want to spend the recruiter's time smarter than we are now. Uh, mm-hmm. For instance, not screening CVs as a massive, time-consuming thing that really doesn't give any like value, but rather send them out talking to candidates, evaluate them in the stages that are where it's relevant and also have candidates or human that want to know interact with humans to get them to understand like what company is it that I'm working for. And that's going to be a lot easier to do with people, to be honest, even if you can automate that too, you probably can't do it for me. Mm. Not yet,
0: at least. Not yet. Exactly. But I think that sounds uh, promising then. So some additional help in terms of finding the right candidates, but also not eliminating the role of the yeah. recruiter and the personal interaction. Yeah. Do you have any tips I mean you talked a little bit about gut feeling earlier and obviously the role of the recruiter what you're saying now with AI is that AI can come in and kind of not have that gut feeling provided that it has to write resources and data points behind it, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> major disclaimer, goes AI, <laughs> not great stuff. No. Uh, exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> In terms of avoiding that gut feeling, do you have any other like tips and tricks along the way that you want to share with other people who are facing like hiring decisions right now or making hiring decisions and may or may not be relying a little too much on their gut feeling?
1: I think the best way to put it is, or at least I think so, is that like make sure that all candidates have the same experience and the same prerequisites. So, I think one of the more common mistakes is that we treat each individual based upon what comes up in their interview. So, we ask follow-up questions that are relevant only for them. We talk to references, digging into the issues that are only relevant for that specific candidate, which means that it's hard to compare it's hard to compare apples and pears. Mm-hmm. So if you talked about one thing with one candidate and another with another candidate, it's going to be really, really difficult to compare who's the best to the best match for that specific roles. I think my pointer would be as much structure as possible, like committing to a process before you actually engage in it, deciding mm-hmm. beforehand, like, what is it that we're going to do? How are we going to do that? Uh, what is it that the candidate will we'll get to meet in each step. So deciding on what tools, in what order, what questions will we ask? How will we combine the different data points from the different assessment methods? I think that's like having a structure and sticking to it is probably the most important thing. And just a follow-up point to my own suggestion is probably to like start small. I think rather learning from agile ways of working, it doesn't have to be this massive, let's create a project and we're going to redesign our entire hiring process and let's, you know, shift it in six months from now. Mm-hmm. I would rather say like, try one thing in one process and see how that affects the outcome. Uh, see how that re- like reacts um, with the candidates, with hiring managers um, and so forth. So start small, I guess, and focus on one thing, like try one new interview question or try one new way of running reference checks or Mm. uh, yeah, the list can be made long, but try small and evaluate what works for you. But structure is key.
0: Structure is key. Yeah, absolutely. And one more question before we round off this episode a little bit. So Lili, I also know that at Alba, you work a lot with retros for your recruitment, your recruitments that you do. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit more about that? Yeah.
1: So I think, I mean, as we started, what has changed since I came in, I think the, for every process we run, when we have signed a candidate, we run a retrospective where we go over like what went well, what didn't go well, what are the improvement areas and what are the concrete actions that we need to take. Mm -hmm. And I think that has been the most important aspect to improve our process so in that meeting we include obviously hiring manager obviously recruiter i'm always part of those if we have had a like hiring team where people from the immediate team has also been involved they're also part of it and we um, take turn to discuss what we have what we have seen uh we often start those sessions with a like, going over some stats of how many applied how many interviews did we run and what were the conversion rates and just to go over the data points and then yeah just run into the retro and i think In those sessions, there is where we learn the most and gather the most feedback, which is like super, super important. So it takes like between 45 to 60 minutes. And I think that has been the source of change that has turned our process into what it is today. It's not that something I have created on Mm. my own. It's more in collaboration and small iterations based on Mm. each process
0: we have ran interesting and I mean it sounds like a great way to collect that data and actually be able to act upon it on a larger scale as well and not just individual all right that was it for this episode of how we hire join us next time when we have an exciting guest with us and me and Linnea will continue talking of course you're not getting rid of me <laughs> nope <laughs> thank you so much for joining this episode and see you next time